0: Hello and welcome to Sales is Easy Podcast, a place where we try to simplify and demystify the sales process and help you with learning the formula to overcome setbacks and make sales easy. My name is Alan Meyer, I'm your host, a sales expert with 29 years of sales experience and I firmly believe when done by a skilled professional, sales is easy. Today's topic is about your pipeline and the ethics of good follow-through. Now, I can admit there are many negative connotations attached to selling. While we don't think our profession has many jokes as lawyers, there can be real stigma associated with our work. It's the tacky sport code to use scarce salesman image and it's a Jerry Maguire before he wrote his mission statement. And the known salesperson doesn't understand the true grit it takes to face potential rejection single every single day. Staying positive while grinding leads through a sales funnel takes diligence and perseverance and work-life qualities that any professional would be proud of. Let's face it, nothing happens in today's economy unless there is a sale. We are the engines that move the planet. Now that we are thinking about selling as a career for fully engaged professionals, let's talk about the ethical implications found in your performance. Each day you are entrusted with running a business. Quotas and corporate benchmark aside, when you sit at your desk and pick up the phone, you are running a business without the risk associated with being an entrepreneur, maybe. One of the worst things you can do when running a business is fail to take a qualified lead all the way to its conclusion. We'll tackle now how to qualify that lead and we'll tackle it uh, in the next uh, part of this podcast. But for now, let's talk about the importance of chasing that lead to the end of the line. A key characteristic of top salespeople is their ability to organize a follow-through on lead generation. Once a lead is qualified, your goal should be to keep your product or service in front of the potential client until the platform they are standing on is burning. When that happens, if you're top of mind, they will reach out for the fire extinguisher you've been offering. Now, I recommend a five-touch best practice rule to follow after a lead is qualified five touches in a variety of creative ways then if the lead is still cold set them on a three month ticker wash rinse repeat right so in the old days some of us (laughs) carried a simple card file system that told us when it's time to touch base with a potential client but today's we have a lightning fast sophisticated time and lead management systems remember this crms are worthless unless you accurately record the lead set the ticklers, and then complete the follow-through. And to make your follow-through even more effective, adopt creative, value-driven prospecting techniques. Share that new marketing white paper or ping them while an article on changing market dynamics that may affect their business. And it's all about them. I read this article, I thought of you. It should not be self-promoting, not promoting your company, your solution. It's all about changing market dynamics. You can also connect via linkedin or other professional social platforms and share something of value to them not self-promoting materials you can even ask them to introduce you to their colleagues on that platform if they're willing to next step is also space your voicemails out think mix of email voicemail linkedin text mix it up it will keep it interesting for you and the client I know actually one colleague of mine, he was uh, leaving the voicemail and in the voicemail he was saying, I will send you just a quick email right now to remind you about these three important topics. But don't just leave a voicemail. You can leave an interesting voicemail. I saw the article about your company and or we just released product X and I think it has real implications for your business in terms of and then continue. You can also watch for their attendance at maybe some conferences and see if you can grab a friendly networking drink. When to follow up is just as important as how you do it. And I recommend once per week as a benchmark that's both respectful and non-harassing. Don't be a stalker. Be a helpful consultant ready to aid them when they need it most. I had experience when a guy called me and I, I actually didn't pick up the phone And two minutes later, he called again. I can see his numbers. Like, you know, like if I didn't pick up now, I will not pick up in two minutes. So anyway, if you build it, they really will come eventually. But remember this, by having the most consistent follow through, you will find yourself forging long-term relationship with these client targets. The sales will likely be larger and you garner more referrals as a respected colleague of their business. And now the second part of this podcast is about working smarter. Pipeline lead qualification and management. And we need to call it like it is. We need to define pipeline stages. Have you ever seen a wedding attendee dancing themselves all over the dance floor in an <laughs> attempt to imitate Kevin Bacon in Footloose? We call that the flail. In it sells as well as on the dance floor, it can cause you to break a hip. Flailing away at non-qualified sales lead is not a very efficient way to manage a productive sales funnel. It may be entertaining for a while, but ultimately it wastes time as you pursue leads that realistically will never, ever pan out, no matter how hard you dance. So the question is, how can you increase your percentage of closed deals at the end of the prospecting process? And the answer is, start at the front end by properly qualifying the initial prospect. But wait, there is one initial step necessary prior to defining the perfect sales lead. Step one requires a thorough understanding of the stages necessary to move a lead from a prospect to a closed deal. And I call this pipeline stages, and they define where a lead is and it moves through the sales funnel. Now, the naming convention for these stages could be as simple or complex as your product or service warrants. If you don't define these stages, then your team will reside in the Tower of Babel without speaking the same language and you will not be effective in defining and tracking the various stages of the sales pipeline. Now, that could really mess up your forecasting report. If you're a sales manager, the best way to figure out the unique naming convention for pipeline stages is to simply work backwards from the close, recreating the various steps that lead took to reach the contract signing. Obviously, if your product or service is large or high dollar and has a long closing cycle, you may add more pipeline stages. For example, if you're selling a multi-million dollar solution, software or hardware package to a large manufacturer, you may want to add the stage in legal review. But generally, though, we like to keep things simple. Selling is complex and it's complex on its own and we try to simplify it and demystify and make it really easier. And many times your CRM product will create naming conventions depending upon your subscription level. For example, a lower level Salesforce subscriptions have the following sales pipeline stages pre-programmed prospecting. When you define the target, you start the process needs analysis. You had one or more conversation with the client to uncover the pain points proposal price quote. You're showing them the money, Closed one, you're going to happy hour. Closed lost, you're going to happy hour. You understand what I'm saying here. But we actually think this is a pretty decent naming convention to describe most of the typical pipeline processes, no matter what product or service you're offering. Maybe you can add one category to this excellent mix called closed disqualified. This stage would fall just after the needs analysis. So your pipeline stages would run like something like this. You start with prospecting needs analysis, disqualify for whatever reason, no budget, no interest. They are not a good partner for your company. Proposal, price quote, closed won, closed lost. And I would like to encourage anybody, any sales rep to look at this qualification as a positive step. Why I'm saying this? Because they won't waste their time beating a dead horse. The horse is dead Dump it out of your funnel, make room for more living breeding ponies. If the pipe is getting clogged with these, have a disqualification contest as a way to clean house. Now you may ask, well, Alan, what makes a good lead? A good lead is one that closes, of course. Now, seriously, what did you think I was going to say? Now, joke aside, if you didn't take the time to really understand the target, you will never have a chance of figuring it out where it's hiding. Let us know let alone how to hit it so the real answer to this question what makes a good lead is a good lead is a qualified lead and here are two important considerations that are sometimes missed when qualifying a lead first do you have the right decision maker and second do they have the budget let's focus on first do you have the right decision maker Let's face it, sometimes we get excited. If you're calling a company and you strike a bond and rapport with a lower-level executive, it feels great. It gives you hope. There's the possibility that the executive would be willing to introduce you up the chain of command to someone who really might say yes. It's true that this has happened. But in our experience, this scenario requires that lower-level executives go to their bosses and sell your company more than you are. And I have to say that's a little awkward. Once you research a chain of command and who really makes the decisions, then why not pick up the phone and start there? Second point, do they have the budget? Depending upon your industry and the tools at your disposal, you may be able to answer these questions through diligent research. If you're responding to requests for proposal or request for quote, the monetary value is often spelled out. However, many times the budget is simply not disclosed, and price either kills the deal or ends up as a key factor in the closing negotiations. So, my answer to this dilemma is to go to price as part of the pipeline qualification process. Don't be afraid of this step. Remember, this qualification is actually success, it allows you to move on to bigger and better things. And what I mean by this is, Try to determine if the budgeting process is in place or when do they have budgeting time or if they're hiding behind the budget. When they say, well, we didn't budget for it, well, let's forget about the money for a second. Do you see the value in our solution? Yes, no question. And then if they say, yes, but here's the budgeting process, here's the valuation process, then you know where you stand. But if they start delaying like, uh, well, you know, then something is behind the curtain. Something is... Here, uh, some problem, something that you didn't expect, but it's not about the money. There's an art to tackling any budget question. And I'm not recommending to boldly ask it. So what's your budget? How much money do you have? That sounds greedy and could create a big distrust. I actually heard one sales guy saying, so how much are you willing to pay for this software? And the customer says, zero, nothing. I don't want to pay anything. I want to get it for free. So it's a really, you know, you know how they said there are not stupid questions. Well, we sales people sometimes ask really stupid questions, right? Especially when we are not prepared, we try to wing it. So the right way to approach the budget question is after you have a clear understanding of their needs and their wants. Then share that you have the right mix of products or services to help them solve the problem and describe what you can do. Of course, it could be a little poetic here, but the state that the typical budget for this service ranges from X to Y. And then you conclude by saying you would love to put together a proposal that outlines what you discuss. Would they be comfortable with that? Boom. You got to price. It didn't hurt. It was honest and didn't waste anybody's time. And the client should now either disqualify themselves and talk about something, finding excuses for not doing something or ask for the proposal. And it's up to us to really listen and pay attention to how clients respond to our questions and inquiries. So if you like this uh, uh, podcast, I have a special offer for you on salesiseasy.com website. We have a special training and it's uh, called uh, Robust Sales Funnel, Discover New Strategies. Here's the good news. Because you were listening to this podcast, I'm offering you 100% discount on this training. Usually it goes for, I believe, $97. So go to salesiseasy.com, find the training how to build a robust sales funnel. And in the coupon code, put this code podcast 100 and you will get 100% discount on the course there are 13 lessons where we we'll cover uh, more things about how to fill a sales funnel and how to increase your pipeline speed and upselling and creative prospecting ideas etc etc so please visit salesiseasy.com and find this course and if you like this podcast please subscribe because we are publishing and recording a podcast uh, two per week and if you have any ideas, any suggestions, especially if you have any question, any problem in your sales uh, with your customers, send reach out to me via LinkedIn. Send me your question, and I promise to answer this in a future podcast. Well, anyway, thank you for listening. This is Alan Meyer. Welcome to Transforming Forty Five, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. Hear the culture. Electric Access. Electric Access.